Welcome to Check the Tape. I'm Ari Atari. We are recording this late Wednesday night, April 17th. I'm on. I'm joined by Moskal, who's on the line like he is. I was going to say every week, but like we took a couple weeks off or maybe like 10 days off. So I don't even know what to say at this point. Yeah, just, uh, I guess, religiously. How about that? That sounds like a better word for it. Wait, what? I said religiously. I'm on religiously. No, I don't think that's the word for it. Yes, it is. I don't know what's the word for it. Repetitively? Recurring. Know. Recurring guest. For it, technically, but... Recurring guest. That's the that's the right word. But then again, you might just be the only guest, so I don't know. I think recurring is if you have a, more than one. I don't know. Not really... Uh... At this point, we're just going over words. Yeah, maybe that would be more entertaining than uh, who knows. Um, so we were going to do an NBA playoff preview that was going to come out early Friday morning last week. Technology uh, decided to ruin things. We recorded it and then, you know, stuff happened. Then over the weekend, you know, between Tiger and you went to a UFC fight, you went to some Mets games, Game of Thrones... Um, and the fact that were, happened this weekend. and the fact that there were four games or eight games between Saturday and Sunday for each, it was like, how are we going to fit in the recording with watching all these games and all that other stuff that went on? And it was just, wasn't doable. Um, and then I don't know, this is like the, uh, the first day in the schedule that cleared up. I mean, this wasn't even that convenient, but we're, we're powering through, right? Oh yeah. You got to sometimes. Yeah. Put the head we, down. Yeah. I'm looking forward to after this first round's over and we could just go back to Sunday night. But, you know, we're on the East Coast time and, like, these games aren't done till one. Yeah. Like, the the Rockets are still playing and they're not even West Coast. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. The game started at 9 30. But this game, but I mean, the game's over. Yeah. Obviously. So, yeah. I don't know when we'll be back next, but hopefully sooner than we were before once this first run's done we can go back to sunday night which was the plan so um i guess i didn't account for 10 30 start games on a sunday which is my fault but and thrones and thrones but um you know thrones if that finished at 10 i mean i have no problem recording at 10 it's like once you get to like 1 a.m it's like okay you know yeah exactly so Let's start off with tonight's games, and then we can get into the other ones. But the first one, my beloved Boston Celtics won <laughs> 99-91 to the Indiana Pacers. Kyrie had 37 points, I think six rebounds, was it? Uh, yeah, six rebounds, seven assists. Jason Tatum had 26 points. Big win, came down to the wire. Bojan Bogdanovic, he hit two threes and... It kind of seemed for a minute there the Pacers were going to steal one on the road, and I would have been so angry if that happened. But then Tatum or Brown makes a pass to Tatum. Uh, Tatum makes a pass to Hayward. Uh, and it was just, you know, the Celtics kind of just stole it from them. Yeah, that's the thing is, is when you're watching this series especially, it's just you're like, all right, the Celtics have to just go and just beat the brakes off. Not to beat the brakes off, but just beat – the Pacers when they're supposed to and get through this series and just get the next round. And I know that's basically the same thing for all the teams in the East, really. But for the, the top, Celtics, the top especially. four teams, you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, but for the Celtics, especially, just because they're playing an Oladipo list or a starless team, I guess you could say. Yeah, and, you know, there's some stats that show oh, the Pacers weren't that bad when he got injured, but they had a really, like, weak schedule for a little bit when he got hurt at the beginning and then to close the season, they finished really bad to end the year. Like they played the Celtics. I think four of the final two game or two of the final four games on both team schedules was Pacer Celtics and the Celtics beat them both of those times. And that's what essentially got the Celtics first round in this matchup. And it just comes down to this really, you know, Kyrie has 37 points and he's this elite offensive player and the Pacers are depending on, Bogdanovich and Tyreek Evans and Wesley Matthews to create their offense. And it's just, it's just not young something with a clean 33 minutes. Yeah. That's just like. not something that's uh, sustainable when the Celtics have Kyrie and 
Tatum, who even though Tatum's really been up and down all year, more down than up, but, you know, he's done it in the playoffs before. Went toe-to-toe with LeBron and the Cavs in that East Finals, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, the Celtics are young, like you said, but they they know what they're doing. And I think the Pacers probably steal one at home, obviously, and then it's pretty much over after that. And then Boston would wrap it up in five or so. Yeah, exactly. So this is like the Larry Bird series. It's uh, his team that he played for his whole career, and then the team that he had his head coaching and executive career for, the city that he's from or the area that he's from, Indiana. It's the Larry Bird series. He was at the games, and the crowd erupted uh, when they showed him on the Jumbotron. Hopefully he uh, roots for the Celtics in this I don't think he is. I really don't think he is. And I don't think he – yeah, I really think he's going for Indiana. Eh, I guess I don't blame him, but – I do. Really? Yeah. Come on, Larry. What's that? You won three championships with the Celtics. What did you? You didn't win anything in Indiana. They had a good team once. Yeah, he took them to the <laughs> East Finals, I think, when they had Reggie Miller. Or uh, was he the head coach when they made the NBA Finals in two thousand and they lost to the Lakers? Uh, That's before our time. We were like, yeah, very young I have then. no idea. But, uh, no, he was. I just, yep. That was the first title that Shaq and Kobe won together. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there's your Phil Jackson. Uh, I mean, not Phil Jackson. Larry Bird. Uh. That's the furthest I think he's took the Pacers. So, I don't know. That was just a little tidbit. But the Celtics are just far more talented. And it's funny because there was the third quarter in this game is when the Celtics were really struggling offensively. They couldn't get anything going, reminiscent of what the Pacers were doing in game one when they couldn't get anything going in the third quarter, and that extended to their fourth quarter as well. But the Celtics were finally able to put some stuff together. You know, this team has a lot of talent, the Celtics, and the regular season was such a... I don't even know what's the word I'm looking for. Annoyance? Underwhelming? Uh, Yeah, and they were just so up and down, and they were disappointing, underachieving, and you just wondered, like, what the hell is going on? Um, it seems like a couple things for the playoffs. Number one, Kyrie's just your go-to guy. I love how they have Hayward kind of running this second unit and being the de facto backup point guard at the number two ball handler. Tatum and Brown. I mean, Tatum had a big game today. I don't know how much you can count on them on night to night, but you know there's going to be games when at least when they'll show up, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing is like, you can expect Kyrie and Tatum to show up like they did tonight, let's say. And then next game you can have Brown or, you know, Hayward or just anybody else show up. Right. And so it's just nice to have that. And then Horford's um, and like, like you the said glue with, that – Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say Horford's the glue that kind of holds it all together and does the little things. But, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, like you said with Gordon Hayward, they had to get him going somehow. And I like that move, how they, like you said, they, they made him just have the ball, basically, yeah. and just make him do something. So, I mean, that, that was, that's just Brad Stevens right there. I tweeted, I don't want Marcus Morris to ever touch the ball again. <laughs> I saw that. And I almost tweeted the same thing for Terry Rozier, because those guys just play so wild, out of control a lot of the times. And when they're good, they're fine. It's like, great, but like, it's not consistent enough and it's so annoying and i'm like you guys are taking away shots from tatum from brown from Kyrie, and just annoying and marcus morris 0 for 8 oh my god but he was good in game one so marcus smart has been out this series and some people were freaking out and they were like oh my god the celtics are not marcus smart they're screwed and i was like you know like they have a lot of guys the celtics and having one guy out doesn't if marcus smart makes you screwed for a series against the Pacers then you have other problems like this team was without Kyrie and Hayward last year and made the East Finals like Marcus Smart come on exactly like let's pump the brakes a little so you think what Celtics in five yeah probably I mean the Pacers scored 12 points in the fourth quarter they scored I think maybe less in the uh, fourth quarter in game one I know they scored eight points in the third quarter in game one I'm pretty sure exactly so they'll just go cold eventually and they just don't have the talent and without Oladipo I mean what can you say you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's not really much to say. Sabonis, not. Sabonis was bad today or tonight. Yeah, 22 minutes 0 for 1. One point, 
one I, point minus thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love plus minus stuff, but minus thirteen. Corey Joseph at a minus sixteen. Yeah, not. I mean, not ideal in the yeah. playoffs. So they just say. don't have, they just don't have the uh, the firepower, the talent. Exactly. Um. All right, Moving so let's on. go to the the next game, the one that we talked about was still going on while we started recording, but not really. Rockets Jazz. James Harden came out. I think they uh, called the 911 to <laughs> the fire truck because, I mean, he wasn't missing anything. The step back, the pull you texted up. me, and it was my exact thought. He did not miss. It was just – there was that one play when he crossed over uh, Ricky Rubio. It's kind of sad watching Ricky Rubio guard him, by the way. I thought I'd throw that in there. Well, Ricky Rubio, he crossed him so bad. There was the House of Highlights thing, and it said, James Harden crossed Ricky Rubio off the screen. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good look. But, I mean, he does that to literally everyone. And it's like, when I watch him, it's like the same three moves, but you just never know which one he's going to do, and he just goes right by you every time. Well, or just pulls up game, in your mouth. His game is just, you know, he's not the most athletic guy. He's not like this big, strong physical force like LeBron or Giannis can be, even though Giannis is, they're both LeBron and Giannis are super athletic. So he's not that, I mean, and Harden actually is pretty strong. I will say that. Yeah, he's a, he's kind of a bruiser down low, honestly. But his game is, to the hoop. his game and, you know, I don't want to get too into James Harden. He's obviously, everyone who watches basketball knows how good he is, but his game's all based off of timing. Like, he's just timing you, timing him. I, I read this before and he's just just waiting for that opening to get to the basket. Yeah, and, he's and just so, he knows he's just so much faster. Or he knows he can get that space and then just exactly. launch a three in your face. Um, they were, the Rockets were just up the entire time, and I saw a lot of people tweeting, why is Chris Paul still in the game? The Rockets can't risk him getting injured. Which I kind of agreed with. I, I was just about to say that I kind of agree with that, too. You're up 30-something, and I know what the response to that is with the Ooh, Warriors the Warriors, their Ooh, lead. Yeah. But just put him back in if it's getting to that point. Yeah, you don't want to risk anything. Exactly. Utah, on the other hand, you know, I, I expected more from Mitchell. 11 points, 6 assists. I expected more from this team, honestly. I don't know why. Yeah. I guess. But the defense was garbage. They missed a bunch of shots. Are they're they playing right into Houston. Yeah, they, they, they're trying to shoot with them. Which you can't match. You have to slow it down. You have to try and control them on defense with Gobert and which is exactly what I thought they were going to do and they're just not doing they also don't have anybody to really guard Harden like Rubio is not the guy to guard Harden no maybe all. uh maybe throw Cephalosha at Harden the guy who started over Harden in OKC <laughs> maybe a little revenge who do yeah, you think's man. better I'm not sure. It's still it's still up for debate. I mean, yeah. I mean, Cephalosha had zero points, so uh, you nine know. minutes, pretty yeah. solid. So there's two things for me with this series. Number one, with the Jazz, I thought about this as they were getting their asses kicked. Are they the new Memphis Grizzlies? Oh and, man, you know what I mean by that. Like the yeah. team that like has is quote unquote good defensive team. They, uh, they're the team that like when the playoffs roll around, you hear like pundits and people go like, you know, you know who nobody wants to play Memphis. And they Memphis. got that one, they got the one big guy that, you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. they're a little different. Everything. They're a little different in terms of like Memphis never had anyone like Mitchell. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's just the, the cliche. You don't want to play Utah in the playoffs. And then like they either lose in round two, round one or round two every year. Yeah. They lost by 20. Like, so. I don't know. I don't know. And then the other thing is, you know, the Rockets are clearly the team, I think. I, I don't even think it's a question. The Rockets are the biggest challenge to the Warriors in the West. Unless the I Clippers think we've somehow... said this for like five weeks in a well, row now, honestly. We said, just... I think we talked about this a while ago, and we both said it was the Thunder, but Paul George is just clearly hurt. Yeah. He, he can't sh- like pick his arms up. Or his arm up. Is he is he the That's new Markel Fultz? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a shot right there. Um, Ricochet shot. Yeah, but no, the Rockets are definitely the favorite to dethrone him. It's weird because no matter what happens, they let's say they both win their series, 
Is that even a word, series is? No, it's just series. They both win their respective series? There you go. I think series is is right, but... (laughs) There's no way. So, if they both win, they would play each other in round two. And some people were like, oh, the Rockets, you know, they could have had the... Could have had the Warriors in the conference finals, and they lost that game to OKC to end the season, and now uh, now they have to play them in round two. Does it matter? Does it honestly matter? You have to beat them anyways if you're going to get to the NBA finals and maybe win a championship if you're Houston. Does it really matter? Would it be better to play them in round two while they're still struggling with their on-off switch, which they've been really like playing with fire with all year? Would it be better to... like? You know, for to maintain Chris Paul's health, less games for him to get hurt. Would it be better because these Houston teams are known for playing a lot of minutes with Dan Tony or getting tired or whatever? Is it just better to catch Golden State earlier? I think it kind of is. I I probably agree with that. I mean, just off the fact that, like you said, it's the Chris Paul factor. Like right. going through another series, like who knows what could happen to him? He's just like, always has the annual injury. Last year's, you know, they. Rockets people are always going to say, oh, if you didn't get hurt, we're in the NBA Finals, we beat Cleveland, we're the champions, you know? Yeah, well, let's see it. That's the thing. I do like with this Houston team, though, you know, they lost Trevor Ariza, obviously, and now Eric Gordon's kind of taking his spot in the starting lineup. But even though they don't have Ariza, they have more just bench depth. Austin Rivers, Daniel House, Kenneth Fareed. Like, I like those guys, and I don't actually like them, like, as players individually, but I like how they fit in with this Rockets team, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They're all like kind of like defend, like defensive wings almost. I would say, which is exactly what they need. Like, well, all just... I like Farid. How he's the energy guy. Rivers can lock up and also mm-hmm. be a ball handler. House could spot up. So I, I yeah, they all kind of bring something to the table. Thank God Rivers got out of uh, his dad's shadow, huh? Yeah, he was. Well, he started off this year in Washington. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. he's had a pretty solid year. Yeah, yeah, he's actually like, you know, there was all the talk about how he's Doc's kid and he's favored and nepotism, whatever, whatever. But he's actually, like, not bad. Yeah, exactly. He's a solid NBA player. He plays good defense. He can knock down the three. I like Austin Rivers. Remember when uh, there were talks that he was going to be, he, him and Anthony Davis were the top two high school prospects and they were neck and neck? Yeah, it's a tough look. I mean, you, well, Davis was number one in all fairness. Like coming out of high school, they were like Austin Rivers, just as good. Austin Rivers hit that shot don't against, against North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, don't forget. Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, wow, we already went into Thabo Cephalosha and Austin Rivers. Yeah, wow. So, Rockets win this one in what five, six? Yeah, I'll give Utah. This one almost seems like the Celtics series to me, honestly. It's just much more stuff. I'm not going to count Utah out yet until they get home. So I think I would. Honestly. Well, I'm not. No, I, I think they could. I think they could easily win two games at home. Okay. And yeah. then tie this up, and it's a best of three series. So I'm not right, well, saying that's going to yeah, happen. We'll I I think Houston's going to win, but I don't think. Like I thought this was going to be a seven game series. Um, going. I thought in. it was six or seven for sure. And I still think that it, I still think it. Like I I mean not as strongly as I did, but. I still, I would still go with that, yeah. All right, holding to it. I, I appreciate that. So the other game tonight, which, full disclosure, I did not watch much of, is Milwaukee Detroit. How many people I mean, do you actually think watch this game? I mean, what's the point? Like, you know, we did the um the podcast that we did on Friday that we unfortunately the one that shit itself. Yeah, um, technical difficulties. Mid-sentence. We talked about we talked about the Bucks Piston series and how it's just going to be over quick, and that was before we knew that Blake was just going to be out with the Pistons. And we said this. I keep thinking we talked about this. That's why I keep pausing, but we didn't because that podcast just shit itself. But um, the thing with the Pistons, and we said this, is there's no one else. Literally, no one else. Yeah, and it's it's just like sad to see Blake just rotting away on that team. Well, he's not even playing; he's hurt. No, I know, but I'm saying he he got that he got. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like how he like 
literally went all out to get them here. He can't even play. Like, you exactly, look the, and now they're just shitting it away. You look at the team around him, it's Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Andre Drummond, who I don't even know if he belongs in the NBA anymore in 2019. Langston Galloway played 31 minutes. Yeah, Andre Drummond, I mean, he's just kind of a dinosaur now. Can't shoot, can't. He's like those old school centers, but he's not even like a good offensive player. So just don't know if he fits in the current modern NBA anymore. No. Uh, Milwaukee just killed them. Middleton, That's a pretty Giannis. sad plus minus, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They minus got, 32. Not a, not a good luck. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee wins this in four, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think they're they're shipping it. They're shipping this one in. I, they don't they don't really have any choice, really. <laughs> I want to do this real quick, and maybe we shouldn't be doing this real quick because this should be more of a nuanced conversation. But whatever, Milwaukee. Since we just since we just talked about Milwaukee and Houston, MVP. Oh man, I don't know what you're thinking. I I know what my answer is. Yeah, so I think Giannis is the MVP, and his he just was on the best team all year. You know. People are talking about Harden's insane scoring stats, and, you know, it's obviously great, but, like, I can't just ignore how the Rockets are trash for a quarter of the season, A, and then Giannis and the Bucks have just been the best team, most consistent team all year. Harden putting up those stats is cool, and all, they're like, look what he has to do with uh, with less. I'm like, yeah, but, like, what, we're going to punish, punish Giannis for being in a better system or just in a better Is situation? Is that much less, by the way? Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. So you take away Giannis and Harden. You're doing a draft of the players between the two teams. Chris Paul's obviously the first pick, and I know he missed some time with injury. But then who's the second pick? Is it Middleton? I guess, but maybe Capella? Yeah, at that point, it's like a coin flip. I don't know. You're with me on Giannis? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've been saying this from, what, day one, honestly. Yeah, I made the case in our MVP column I wrote where I said, you know, Budenholzer can come in. He won 60 games with that Atlanta team that didn't even have a real star. He could come in and just have a similar impact with an actual star. and He did. There was The, there was, the case was outlined, and they went to this three-point shooting, Brooke Lopez shoots threes now, and Giannis has all this room to operate. They have, like, the same kind of team that whoever drafts Zion should build a team around him. Yeah, exactly. So, they, they've set the blueprint. Yeah, whoever is lucky and wins that lo- the first overall pick in the lottery and gets Zion, that's the type of team that you should try and copy. You heard it here first. Yeah. So, okay. And, you know, Harden, if he won MVP, I wouldn't be, like, mad or anything. He's... It was a great season, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, the thing I it hate really the, is neck and neck. Just the thing I hate the most about the MVP is the people who are like in game 78 or 79 of the regular season when they were like, I'll tell you what, James Harden just won MVP. I'm like, dude, did you really need set the 79th game to make your decision? Like, <laughs> get the hell out of here. Um, okay, let's move on to some of these other series. That's what I'm going to say. Philadelphia, I can't believe you're still going with that. It's just not right. Philadelphia tied Brooklyn 1-1. Ben Simmons had the big game, too. I think Philadelphia is going to... They're going to split these next two in Brooklyn, and it could go a situation where Philly wins in six or seven. It's just too much talent on the Sixers for them to lose to the Nets. I thought if... The only way the Nets could win is if Embiid is seriously hurt, but he had a pretty good game in game two. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too, is... That's pretty much the only way they have a chance. And like you said, there's too much talent, and eventually talent overcomes whatever the Nets are doing. Um, And hopefully they don't just crumble from the inside. Where do you stand on Simmons? Don't get me started on him. You know who he is, right? And I can't take credit for this idea because I heard somebody else say it forever ago. I can't remember who. Who is it? He's taller Rondo. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, he is. He, he really <laughs> is. That's crazy. The, the thing is, is, you can game plan for him so easily if you have any sort of talent on the defensive side. Is he just forever going to be like one of those guys who, oh, Simmons had the great game. He had 20 points, 12 rebounds, uh, 13 assists. 
and played good defense and led fast breaks and we got the win. Or and then he's gonna have these other games where what game one was where he has like three points and has like seven assists. I I just think that's it for him. And people are saying just wait till he gets a jump shot. I don't think he's ever gonna be a good shooter. Like you can't be a good shooter if you don't shoot in games. Well, it's not even that. Like there's somebody like Giannis, okay, who's not a good shooter and he can't. He doesn't have a shot. But like you can see the. I don't want to say the blueprint, but you could see that maybe he could get a shot. Simmons just, it seems like he could never, he's never going to be able to shoot the basketball. And it, it's, I can't wrap my head around it. Like, how does that honest. work? How does that work when you're like a kid playing exactly. AAU? Like, you just never shoot it? He was just bigger than everyone nonstop. So he just took everything to the hoop. Yeah. That's the only like, explanation. Post them up and did a little hook. Yeah. He is good when he posts up, though. Like, plus, See, that's the thing about him, though. Yeah. Is you go back and forth so much. You're like, damn, this guy sucks. He put up five points, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes out and he has a really good game where he's dropping assists everywhere. You know, he has ten rebounds. He scores points. And he does – it's just back and forth with him. And that's why – that's where I think we're at. I think so, too. Um, that being said, the team with him, Redick. Harris, Butler, Embiid, it's too much talent. They're going to get through this one. I'm not concerned. Yeah, but I think it could go seven. Maybe. Um, The Toronto series, Toronto-Orlando, kind of followed a similar blueprint where, you know, this team with these guys like Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, DJ Augustine had the big game one, kind of came out of nowhere, surprised Toronto. And then you hear all these things. Just like with Philly, you heard all the things about where was Ben Simmons, uh, where was Tobias Harris? You heard all those things. Just like, and then with, um, well, the big one was Ben Simmons. And then Toronto was like, where was Kyle Lowry? Where was he in game one? He's always bad in game one. And then they win game two. Siakam, Lowry, Kawhi. Kawhi had the biggest game, but Lowry obviously made his presence felt. They win game two, tied it up. And now you think that they're, okay, they're going to go to Orlando, at least win one. And they're going to take control of this series back. Yeah. And, all right, I don't understand a how Kyle Lowry had zero points. That you just doesn't, he, he doesn't sucks make sense playoffs. in my head. He no, sucks yeah, playoffs. It's crazy. Do you think Philly and Toronto? Who says no to a? And when I say this, like, how about just for this postseason, like not long term, because obviously Ben Simmons is younger. Do you think they would swap their point guards? Absolutely. Because Philly doesn't, Philly has too many of those like tall guys. They need like somebody, you know, Lowry who could guard Kyrie or guard, I mean, I was going to say Kemba, but there's no Kemba like player. Or maybe guard uh, D'Angelo Russell, who they're having trouble against. I don't think Philly would do it. It's, I'm just talking about for like a one season no, thing. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, if it was yeah. Right now, I don't think Philly does it. I think Kyle Lowry is actually just bad in the play. Like, yeah. That's the problem. Like, he's just not very good. And it'll show a lot worse in this next round. Well, that'll be that'll be a fun uh, round with the two of them potentially playing against each other. I want all four of the top East teams to win. Boston, Toronto, Philly, yep. Milwaukee. And then that round two would just be great. It would be because three of those four teams all made round two last year with the Milwaukee not being getting Cleveland was the one instead. But this would just be like a cool final four in the East. Yeah. It'd, hopefully nobody screws this up. Yeah. Because it'll so, keep it interesting at least. So we can, and then we'll be right into the finals. I picked Toronto to make it out of the East before the, the playoffs started. I think I said it Saturday morning. If you could change it right now, would you? I don't think so. I think really? I still would stick with Toronto. I just like Kawhi, the experience, Siakam as an X factor. Uh, Marcus Saul was pretty good in their uh, last win against Orlando. Yeah, I said this a while ago, but they they play well off each other too, Gasol and uh, Siakam. Yeah, um, let's get into some of these West matchups. The what was the oh the Warriors? Yeah, blew the thirty-one point lead. People forget. <laughs> oh yeah, that little thing. People forget they blew a thirty-one point lead and a three-one lead in the NBA Finals. And uh, never heard I don't, of that. You know, I'm a I'm a big uh, Patriots fan, and 28 plus three equals 31. Get Some it? Would say. Yeah. 
Uh, I'd like to say I came up with that, but I went to bed. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't lie. I went to bed. Uh, I thought it was over. I was like, what's the point of watching this anymore? Oh, I, I wake up. Yeah, I wake up and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And, you know, obviously I rewatch. I see Lou Williams is literally making every shot. Landry Shamet hits the big three. Gallinari's having a good one. Beverly's just being an annoying little <laughs> pest. Oh, it um, was awesome. Katie fouls out. Curry hits a big shot, but it ends up not mattering. I'm just like, this, it makes you wonder, like, this isn't the team, this isn't a team that's going to win a title if they're blowing 31-point leads to a freaking eight seed. That, it really didn't make sense. Like, like you said, you watched the highlights after, and so did I, and I just, like, it, it didn't, like, what were they doing? It, like it didn't. I needed to watch the full game, you know, because a thirty-one point lead with this talent makes no sense. Well, there was something I saw that they were saying the players once they had that sizable lead, they were all kind of just going for their own stats, and they were like, "Oh, we won," just you know what I mean? They weren't taking it seriously. Um, I don't know how. I don't know that you. I don't know how that's accurate, an excuse. For, yeah, the accuracy behind yeah. that, or whether it's an excuse or not. Um, I just saw it on Twitter. So <laughs> Durant's uh, take it out response about Beverly after the game was awesome. Yeah, uh, the, the one that. when he the one when he went like in depth on Beverly's defense. Yeah, no, the, he. I think he. It was the one where he was just like he's from Chicago. I. Oh, that was game one though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I think he had like there was a shoot around or something today, and he was talking a little in depth about Beverly's defense. But like, how can, how do you blow that game if you're there's Three time, or you won the title three times in four years, four straight finals. Your odds on favorite. It's just, I don't know. Makes you wonder. Makes you um, not so sure. You know. Makes you wonder about all those Rockets fans that are, you know, predicting the future already. Get their chance soon enough, probably, because we still think the Warriors win this one in six at the most. Uh, yeah, at the most for sure. Yeah, but nothing. Now is the Luke Clippers Will still the conference. biggest heat check guy in the league? Well, what do you mean still? Because that title always belonged to Jamal Crawford. That's true. No, Lou Will took it over recently. Yeah, I mean, Jamal, Jamal Crawford, his, his career is pretty much done. Yeah. He, Lou Will is still so fun to watch, man. I, I, I mean, yeah. He, it's crazy. <laughs> um. Clippers now, you know, everybody's kind of been linking them as the Kawhi Leonard destination, and it's got to be appealing for him, right? Yeah, especially after that. The thing is, though, they wouldn't, if he came, so Beverly is a free agent. I mean, you could try and re-sign him. You have him, maybe Beverly. That's a pretty good defensive duo right there. Lou Williams, Gallinari, maybe you could make a trade. I don't know. They have that pick from... uh, Philly that they got that it's the pick that Phoenix got from Miami for the Goran Dragic trade that they gave up to Philly or I don't even know how it went around but long story short long story short the pick is now then, here yeah it's now here with the Clippers from the Tobias Harris trade and it's a 2021 or maybe 2022 unprotected first round pick, um, which could be very much be the double draft, the same draft where high schoolers are allowed to come and the people who were forced to go to college for that one year and then before declaring for the draft also uh, come out. The double draft. The double draft. Market, so that, that's a very market. valuable trade asset, that uh, Miami pick, especially when the Heat look like they're on a kind of a slide. Yeah, it's a good time to have that pick for sure. Yeah. So, I don't even know how I got to that pick. Who was I talking I about? That, oh. was like a, that was like a Wikipedia, that Wikipedia game you used to play in high school where you just went to oh, two different things. Oh, you just went on a rabbit hole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was talking about the Clippers. So, they have a lot of assets. They get Kawhi. I mean, for them, it's just like, do what you can this season. Doc's done a good job. Um, Next series. So, I was ready to call it on Denver. I texted you. I'm like... I'm so mad at Denver. I didn't like them all year. 
And what else did I say? I'm like, I didn't. And then right before the playoffs started, I was like, you know what? I'm buying Denver stock. I'm in on Denver. I like them now. And then they lost game one. Derek White outplayed the, um, what was I going to say? The Nuggets guards, Aldridge and DeRozan just look like guys who had been in the playoffs before, which by the way, they have been in the playoffs before and have experience. You have Greg Popovich, a five-time NBA champion as your head coach, probably, I mean, he's the the Mount Rushmore of head coaches is unassailable in the NBA. It's Phil Jackson, Red Auerbach, Pat Riley, Greg Popovich. So you have him, and uh, you 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 steal game one on the road, and it looked like you maybe were going to take game two, and then Jamal Murray just uh, had an out of body experience. Literally, I mean, he just that man did not miss. It was incredible. It really was. Twenty one points in the fourth. And the funniest part was he was playing horribly before that. Yep. I was just about to say that. Him and Will Barton were literally just chucking bricks up the entire game until that's that the thing part. about like shooters like him is like they'll just do that and then eventually it'll just click. And then there you go. My thing yeah, on Denver Will Barton one of ten. My thing on Denver is I've never liked how they don't really have uh, a three small forward guy. They kind of just have guards. And then big guys like Millsap, Jokic. Um, who's the other? Oh, one of the Plumleys. They have him, Mason, the best one, I think. Yeah, definitely. That's him. I'm looking at him right now, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the thing about, like you just said, with the Nuggets, is it's just nonstop guard shooting, 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 or dumping it in. It's no. There's no mix, and it's... Well, I read that, you know, they did this play, the pick-and-roll with Jokic as the primary ball handler, and they've just kind of gone away from that. One of their issues is, like, their best player is not a high-volume scorer. He's not somebody who constantly needs the ball or actually wants the ball and tries to go get you baskets. He, uh, He's just, you know, he's facilitates it a lot, and... um in the playoffs, you sometimes need your best player to say, hey, give me the ball, get the hell out of my way, I'm getting us two points right here. And in Denver, yeah, Jamal Murray was able to do that, and he did it for one game. Do I think it's going to happen again? I wouldn't say it's impossible, but... I'd go with probably not. Oh, well, to that extent, but I I, I think Jamal Murray could have a big game, but I'm saying, like, when I look at San Antonio and I see their top two players are DeRozan and Aldridge, these two guys who have just years of playoff experience, have won big games, both have played in conference finals. I uh, I trust them a little more than I do Jokic, even though Jokic is a much better player and had a much better season than I said he's first-team All-NBA. So you back off the Nuggets? Yeah, a little bit, I think. All right, there you go. First backtrack of the night. I do like San Antonio now, just the experience. I, like, I think they should have won game two. I really did. And then if it wasn't for Jamal Murray's out-of-body experience, they probably would have. I mean, it's safe to say. You don't even have to say it, really, because that's, it's the same thing about every NBA team, really. They need another star to compete in the West. Yeah, they need another star, and they also, I don't know, Jokic just, I, w- I want him to score more. They need to get the ball more. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it starts. So, let's do this last West series. Portland and OKC. Portland's up 2-0 now. So, the differences between games one and two, both games, OKC couldn't shoot. They were just awful three-point shooting. And Paul George was a little better between game one and two. But Westbrook was awful in game two. Lillard just completely outplayed him. He's been pretty bad. Westbrook? Yeah. Well, let's say they lose in round one to this Portland team, right? This is the third straight year. This is their third year without Kevin Durant since he's left. Okay, see? That's three first-round playoff exits. Losing to Houston the year that Westbrook won MVP, losing it to Houston and James Harden, the guy who should have won MVP that year. You lose it the next year to Utah round one after Westbrook took like 40 shots in one of those jazz games. And then you lose this year... To Portland now, the Paul George injury is a concern, but it's just like Westbrook. You know, when 
you and Durant were together. You guys, people were saying, oh, these guys are equals. They're just as talented. And Westbrook's going to win an MVP now that Durant's gone. And I don't think he deserved that MVP. They gave it to him because he got a triple-double. I don't see him getting MVPs for the last two seasons where he has a triple-double. It says a lot about Westbrook if they can't get out of the first round with him leading the charge. You know how we were talking about Ben Simmons and how yeah. he can't isn't and how it's easy to game plan for him. Isn't it almost getting pretty easy to game plan for Westbrook now? Well, you know what the plan is? He's just going to try and come at you 100 miles per exactly. hour. He does the pull-up shot. Um, you he know all of his moves. Literally can't shoot threes. No, his his, his three-point shot's broken. Then the whole team doesn't have a good three-point shoot. I don't know why Markeith Morris uh, doesn't play more. I'd, I'd like to see him shoot some threes. Well, and not to mention Ennis Cantor is playing, out playing Steven Adams. Yeah, Cantor had a big game one. Oh, yeah. Um, when Portland got swept by New Orleans last year, you know, I was one of the people who was kind of like, oh, where, where are they going to go with this Portland team? And now people are saying, you see, this is what you do now. Uh, you don't give up on that kind of talent. I'm just like, but I look at that and I'm like, uh, what have they accomplished? They're like, no one actually thinks this Portland team is going to, um, make the NBA finals. Now they could very well be in the West finals, but they got very lucky on how the seedings broke that Houston, uh, screwed up that final game of the season and got into the four seed. But like, they got very lucky how the seedings broke. Like, Portland, Hughes, or one of Portland, San Antonio, Denver, OKC is going to be in the West Finals. That, to me, in itself, is mind-boggling. Well, and the thing about Portland is, is they're kind of just running on Dame and McCollum right now. And it kind of shows how the bottom part of the West is just not as good as it seems, I guess. I don't know if it's that or the top. it's so top-heavy. I don't even but know if it's top-heavy. I just think there's two good saying. teams in the West. Exactly. Houston and so Golden it, State. It's just the bottom three seeds, I guess, other than San Antonio. They're just not really performing But do you see like my point? Should. But do you see my point? Everyone's now like, Portland. Yeah, they lost in the first round two years in a row. But this is, what, this is why you keep it together. For moments like this, they can still win. I'm like, yeah, because they're playing OKC, who has an injured Paul George. And they're Don't getting you think lucky. They're just waiting for the Warriors to disintegrate. I think everybody's waiting for that. Exactly. But I don't know if Portland could beat Houston. I mean, I guess they're going to beat OKC, it seems. Um, could they beat Denver or San Antonio? I don't know. I, mean, really? I think they could. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, I don't know. This Portland team, I. I I still want to see them get to the conference finals. And even if they get to the conference finals this year, I won't be that impressed, to be honest with you, because of just how the seedings broke. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and no, that's not fair. Like, if they make the conference finals, that's impressive. I just want to see them uh, go f- make, a, make a conference finals appearance, and then I'll say, okay, maybe they, Lillard and McCollum, you got something there. There you go. Making the conference finals is like not as easy as people think. You know, I mean, the Clippers had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. You could argue there's like two of the top six or seven guys in the league. You know, Blake Griffin finished third in MVP voting uh, in 2014 behind Durant and LeBron. And I think Chris Paul was first team All NBA that season. Blake didn't get first team All NBA because Durant and LeBron were the first team All NBA forwards. But like that team had talent. You had DeAndre Jordan, Doc Rivers, a championship head coach. They never made it out of the second round. And like you said, it just shows how hard it, it really is. To, yeah, it's not easy. So, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll backtrack but, again there. Well, let's pump the brakes on Portland. Let's wait for them to get there before we start saying, Lord and McCollum never should break them up. You yeah. Know? And I'm not saying that they should have broken them up. I'm just saying, like, let's stop acting like uh, they've accomplished something. Yeah, the uh, getting swept by. Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday is kind of and, just still lingering in the back of my mind. And they got swept by the Warriors the year before that. The year before yeah, that, still a little different. The year before that, they made round two and beat the Clippers after Chris Paul and Blake Griffin got hurt during that series. <laughs> and and that also doesn't count. Yeah, I don't count that. The best series uh, when they have in this Damian Lillard Portland era is when they beat the Rockets in 2014. 
uh, when, he hit the buzzer beater. when he hit the buzzer beater in game six, I believe it was to clinch the series. That was when Houston had Dwight Howard. That was Dwight Howard's first season with Houston. And he actually was an all-star that year. <laughs> it's, yeah. Dwight Howard's career outlook is pretty funny to look back at. You had James Harden, Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza that year. There was like a moment uh, when the Rockets almost had James Harden, Dwight Howard, and Chris Bosh after LeBron had left uh, Miami. That would have been a hellhole. But then Bosh just went back to Miami for the big contract. Yeah. That didn't work out well. No. Um, so, okay, we kind of went through each one. I, all of my picks, the only upset I really picked uh, was, okay, when I tweeted out stuff was I had OKC over Portland. And I'm starting to see that fall through. And George is a lot more injured than I thought he would be. And Westbrook had the awful game, too. But it's it's weird. With the Utah series, I kind of, I don't feel like that one's over. With the OKC one, I kind of feel like it is. I've just seen this story before with OKC blowing these round one matchups. You really think that series is over? The OKC Portland? Yeah. Yeah, because I just don't think Paul George is right. Uh, yeah. And, and if he's not, I mean, Westbrook just can't do it by himself. So I mean, why is, Dennis, why is Dennis Schroeder shooting? He can't shoot. <laughs> uh, the world may never know. Jeremy Grant. It's a lot of Jeremy Grant and uh, Terrence Ferguson. I'm just like, come on. This is this can't be your team, right? <laughs> um, but it is. Anything else on the playoffs that you uh, have made some observations of or just want to put out there? Some takes, some predictions, some... What's what's on your mind? Some predictions? Just anything. Uh... Anything. Just anything. Thing that comes to your mind regarding the 2019 NBA playoffs? Um, going to, I guess I'll go to your Celtics here. If uh-huh. if they go to the finals, okay. There's no way Kyrie leaves. I'm starting to think like he's not leaving no matter what. Really? Yeah, I just. I don't know. What's so I'm rooting against you guys. That's what I would like. That's where I was trying to get at. Yeah, I don't know. It just we got to see what happens in the postseason. Let's see if they get bounced out around two by Milwaukee. Exactly. <sighs> Hard to see that. Then he probably but, leaves. You know, when this team wins like they did tonight, and he has the big game, it's all smiles and high fives and hugs, and you're like, hey, there's no way he's leaving this team. Like you say. <laughs> and then when they have one of those games where they blow a big lead or. They start out behind from a bunch, try and make a little comeback, and don't get it. And he gives one of his famous game interviews. He's just like, oh, he's gone. You know, so you just, for the people who say, Kyrie's staying, what are you talking about? And for the ones who say, Kyrie's gone, blah, 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 look at this. Well, I have common sense. Uh, you're both wrong. Like, this guy is just unreadable. I really don't think he, like, if you asked him right now, gone to his head, if he, like had like would pick right now. Well, he, he probably doesn't know. Honestly, no, no way. He probably has like some kind of basic preliminary thoughts. I mean, that's normal, but I think he's gonna wait and see how this season plays out, and then just think about it more during the off season. And we'll wait and see. But for right now, uh, we got the playoffs to see how they play out. Um, so moving away from basketball for a little bit, we're at like fifty minutes and. I just wanted to touch on these things real quick. And when I say real quick, I mean real quick. But you are probably the biggest Tiger Woods fan I know. I think it would be without a doubt. Can you just give some uh, what what that Masters win means to you from last Sunday? Now we're a little bit removed from it. There is, I will say this. There was multiple tears in my eyes. Well, I mean, you don't really have much going on. You know, the Giants traded Beckham. The Knicks traded Porzingis. Exactly. Um, you, this is this was it for you. This was Tiger roars out of nowhere and wins the Masters. It was. What do you? What did you make of like the people who don't really follow golf and like came up with like this has been a long road back. He's been awful for the last like eleven years. Like he was winning tournaments in twenty thirteen. At one point, he was the number one golfer in the world in thirteen. Right. Yeah. And the thing about with him is he hasn't been bad for 11 years. He's been hurt for like three of those. Yeah, years. he's been hurt since like tw- he's been hurt since 2014. 
Yeah. And if you actually watch golf, like you said, for the people that don't, he he's never really, like, changed that much except for this year where and last year, I guess, to where he's just, like, a nice guy and he's just, like, he loves everybody and all this stuff. And that's why happy, I think this win happy was to awesome. Be back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you could tell. I when he won that uh, tournament in Atlanta, was it East Lake? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I was there. When he won that one, I just thought, I'm like, he's winning another major next year. It might not be the Masters, but I'm like, he's winning one of the four. I can't believe it was uh, he won at Augusta. Yeah, that's the one he comes back and does it with. Yeah. What do you think about the the contrarian take? Tiger Woods winning the Masters isn't good for golf. In what world is that not good for golf? Well, they're like, we don't need his domination. We need all these guys competing. Which, by the way, he's not going to dominate like he did in the early 2000s, okay? And he's just... he knows that. Well, yeah, like, he's also 43. Anybody should know that. Exactly. Um, so he's not going to dominate. And then the other people were like, I saw one take that was like, you know, the best part about golf uh, following it the last couple of years was, is Tiger going to win the major? Is he gonna? Is he ever gonna do it again? And now that he did it, what else do we have? I'm like, what the hell was the point of watching? Yeah, what? Like we have the next one. That's like watching. Um, oh, this is gonna be a good segue. The season finale of Game of Thrones and saying, now I, I, I wish I didn't watch it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's just um, such a dumb take. All right, spoiler alert, because I mentioned Thrones. Um, so if you are still watching Game of Thrones, trying to catch up, and you just, or maybe you haven't watched the new episode, uh, just turn the podcast off now. Yeah, um, goodbye. We'll see, we'll see you next week or whenever we do this. Come yeah. Um, any thoughts on the first? But yeah, so, bye. All right. Yep. Okay. I'm just waiting for them to leave. All right. <laughs> um, so the first episode, any, uh, any, any, any thoughts? I, I didn't care too much for it. It was pretty short. It was just a bunch of reunions. I'm like, all right, this is a great little happy feel good. It was yeah. a good build up. Like, we've been gone for so long. But you nothing, gotta just, you gotta just let us let us back easy. Nothing really advanced in terms of plot. Like it was just okay. They're at Winterfell. A bunch of people are meeting. John knows he's a Targaryen now. I mean, other than uh, Jamie showing up, yeah, but we knew Bran, But we knew he was coming. No, no, no. I know that, and then. Uh, Cersei sending Bronn after them. Yeah, I don't think him. he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna kill them. No way. No way. Absolutely not. But yeah, like you said, it was kind of, I guess, underwhelming is the right word. But it was just a total build-up episode. Yeah, it was just like, hey, we're back. You yeah, know? exactly. And it was a it was a regular season opening game. <laughs> yeah, uh, they threw you know Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer and. They gave us the dragon scene where, yeah, I'm sure everybody loved that. I do love the dragons. But it seems like this episode was kind of the reunion. Next episode is going to be the one in terms of plot setup, like what's going to happen, what are we going to do, where are we going to go, what's the game plan. And then the third episode seems like it's going to be a battle. And it's an hour, 20-minute runtime for that episode, so definitely going to be a battle, I feel like. Is the next one hour 20 also? No, the next one I think clocks in at like 58, and this last one was 54. So this ne- so the next one's not going to be that long either. So the third one is the start of the long ones. Yes. Damn, I thought that was the next one. No. But yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, did, do you watch the next week on Thrones thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like I saw the thing with Jamie, how he was in the... Uh... Wherever that room is, you know, the one when John was pronounced king in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it's going to be the start of the battle and then a big cliffhanger. We wait and then the battle happens in the third one. It's interesting because it seems like I don't know how Cersei's like going to play a role. Are they just going to beat the White Walkers and then go to King's Landing and take it? It's it doesn't seem like that would happen. You know what I mean? Like that would just seem anticlimactic. It, I, I, I'm fascinated to see how it ends. I don't like to, to be honest, I don't really like getting so in depth with the theories and everything. I'm just like, let me just sit back and enjoy it. You know? Yeah. But as long as they don't screw it up somehow. Yeah. I mean, like... I know, I know a lot of the theories, obviously. 
you know, the show has always had like people in multiple places always, but now it's kind of like everybody's in one of two places. You're either in the North at Winterfell or you're coming back from Winterfell, like Tormund and those guys who Tormund was in Winterfell with John in the upcoming uh, preview trailer or whatever it was, or you're in King's Landing. Yeah. Which I guess is the two places. One place you definitely not want to be would be Winterfell. And then King's Landing is probably where you would want to be. The first person to die in this season is 100% Euron. Oh, you think he's out? A hun- like, 110%. Did you see, like, when he said the thing, like, saying how he he's going to get Cersei pregnant and she had that look on her face? Like, I, I don't know. what the- Is she really pregnant or what? Like, I, I just don't know. Which, and I'm going to say this, and I don't really know how, like, drinking while you were pregnant worked back then, but she was drinking wine. The end of the season seven. Remember when she was in the had the conversation with Tyrion and he poured the wine and she wouldn't touch it. Yeah, exactly. And now she's drinking it. Was she so? Was she just lying in front of Tyrion? Is that what that was? Or was she just lying to Jamie to keep him on a leash? Um, never know. I have no idea what's going on. That's why you love the Thrones, man. The Thrones? The Thrones. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see next week. I don't know. I like to think of myself as, you know, with the Thrones watchers, there's the book readers who know everything and all these other things that are kind of irrelevant. And then there's, like, the casual watchers who, like, don't know everyone's names. I know everybody's names. I know what's going on. I know the names of, like, random towns and cities. And I'm just not, like, the book reader. I just don't – I haven't read the books, you know? The books just are so intimidating to look at. Have you seen one of those? If I was like, because, you know, I've read all the Harry Potter books. If I was aware of these books when I was in middle school or high school, I would have read them all. Really? Yeah, I I definitely would have. They're not as big as the Harry Potter ones. At least I don't think they are. I could have swore one of them was like a thousand, two thousand pages. Also, like with the books, they're never going to get finished, like, George R. R. Martin is, like, finishing the sixth one right now, and then I don't think he's even started the seventh one, and it's already taken forever to get the sixth one. And He's pretty sick, I think. Y- is he? Yeah. Yeah, I heard he was sick. I don't know if he's, like, badly sick, but sick enough to where I, people don't think the books will ever, ever be finished. Yeah, which is a shame, but, you know, at least you, uh, you have Well, I this... read something that he's pretty pissed off at the show's ending. Well, no, there was... Oh, that the show's ending or how it's ending? No, that that it's ending. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it was this great creation and it's now people are finally going to see an end to the story and, and I could see that, I guess, a little and it's just kind of like, what's next? But he, there was a meeting, apparently, with him and the show creators about like, hey, this is how we want to end this. Really? Like, yeah, they like shared thoughts. They went back and forth, blah, blah, blah. He told so maybe them his, they won't screw this up. Yeah, 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 like, he, they, they basically asked him, tell us how to finish your story. Like, it's not like they just did this without him. Thank God. Yeah, which is kind of like the opposite of what Star Wars, the new trilogy, has been. <laughs> how, like, this, I don't know if you watched the trailer for the new episode, but it's essentially, for episode nine, it's essentially, like, trying to fix, not, I don't want to say fix, because that fix implies something was wrong with it. But it's like chain like episode seven and episode eight are like drastically different movies in terms of the message, the storyline, the end game, Avengers, whatever. Um, I just, we're talking about the three biggest like pop culture movies, TV just stuff. Just throw them all together. Um, but it's like eight kind of like took seven from a different path. And now nine seems to say, no, 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 no. We're going to go back on the path that we were from seven and forget about eight. And seven and nine are same director jj abrams so um makes sense but it's like why couldn't you guys just know what was going on uh before you made these movies and had a simple plan you know what i mean you think they would have like had a full blueprint of the three something must have happened yeah well abrams wasn't even supposed to direct episode nine he uh whoever it was before they like got rid of him i think it was the guy who directed Jurassic World. I can't remember his name. Oh my god, I'm bl- it's late. I'm blanking. I can't remember his name right now. But um, they got rid of him. Brought Abrams back, and this was an NBA podcast. And I'm talking about directors for Episode Nine. 
um, of Star Wars. So there you go. I think that's when you know it's uh, time to wrap it up, right? Colin Trevorrow. Trevor, yeah, he dra- he uh, he directed Jurassic World. He did. Yeah, and he was supposed to direct Episode Nine, and then he was replaced with Abrams. I don't remember why he was replaced, but. But there you go. There is your uh, your movie breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, that's it. Um, when we will be back? Hopefully, some point next Sunday. week. I mean, Sunday we got the Thrones, and then that ten thirty start time for I think one of the Rockets games, Rockets Jazz. So not Sunday. Probably not Sunday. Midweek would probably be best. All right, we'll figure it out. Yep. Alrighty then. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Peace.